sweet land of liberty, our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinach. Welcome back to Freedom's Ring, my friends. One of the long-standing issues that will be headed to the Supreme Court sooner or later, and possibly sooner as of today, has to do with the standards of how employers accommodate the religious beliefs and practices of their workers. My guest today, Stephanie Taub, is senior counsel with First Liberty Institute on the web at firstliberty.org. Stephanie, welcome to Freedom's Ring. Thank you so much for having me on. Tell us about Jason Groff's case against the United States Post Office. Happy to. So Mr. Groff is an employee of the United States Postal Service, or I should say he was. Was. <laughs> <laughs> he firmly believes in keeping the Sabbath as a day of rest, and he's held that belief for years and even transferred posts in order to be able to keep the Sabbath the whole day as a day of rest. And so he asked his employer, the U.S. Postal Service, for a religious accommodation to be able to work other days instead of working on Sunday. But his request was denied. The post office essentially said that he was out of luck if other employees weren't available to cover his shifts. And so that denial of a religious accommodation put him out of the job and he filed his lawsuit for religious discrimination. And so today we have a, um, he ultimately ended up going to the Court of Appeals, the Federal Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit. And today that panel just released its opinion. So it ruled for him on one of the legal questions, but ultimately decided against him and teeing up this case to potentially go to the Supreme Court on this, on this really important issue about whether corporations and other businesses have to really respect religious diversity and grant meaningful religious accommodations to people of faith. So first, a disclaimer, uh, Mr. Graf is my client at the trial level and your client at the appellate level. We've been working together on this case. And uh, so we're not exactly unbiased, uh, shall we say. But, you know, Stephanie, when I talk to folks and tell them what I do representing, you know, people in accommodation cases, they're like, really? That still happens? People get fired because, you know, they want to observe a day of rest. And, you know, in this case, it just seems so absurd because here the issue is not regular, you know, weekly or daily mail delivery. What do they do on Sundays? They spend a couple hours delivering packages for Amazon. And, you know, if they just gave the packages and divided them up among others, it's easy to get there was never any problem getting the packages delivered so the notion that there was an undue hardship here on the post office because one guy wouldn't deliver packages for amazon on sunday just seems like what century are we in that's absolutely right and this, a lot of the, the reason why these cases are still happening really traces back to a very bad decision from the, the late 1970s, from 1977, called Transworld v. Hardison. 
And so that case, yeah, it's, it's the root cause for why, why companies think that they can get away with denying religious accommodations, even when it would be pretty easy mm-hmm. to accommodate them, like in this case. And so we're really hoping that the Supreme Court will take up this issue and clarify the law here that religious accommodations actually is a meaningful requirement in Title VII that employers have to follow what it says. It's pretty clear that you have to grant a reasonable accommodation unless that accommodation poses an undue hardship on the business. Well, and so for starters, the positive news that came out of this decision, you said his uh, kind of he won on one issue. Uh, Talk about the issue that he won on. Absolutely. So the first issue is what counts as a reasonable accommodation. And so the post office was trying to argue that, oh, we partially accommodated him. We didn't make him work as many Sundays. And so that should count as a reasonable accommodation. But of course, that's absurd. You can't argue. It's not accommodating your religious beliefs to argue that, oh, we're only making you violate your religious beliefs sometimes. Um, (laughs) So that isn't it has to be a full accommodation in order to be effective. And so the Court of Appeals held in our favor on the statutory interpretation prong of of that. The reason. It has to be a full accommodation, an actual accommodation. It doesn't necessarily have to be your preferred accommodation, but it does have to fully resolve the conflict between your religious beliefs and the job requirements in order to count as an accommodation. You know, listening to you explain it, somehow I make this bizarre connection with Billy uh, Crystal's role in The Princess Bride, where he's Miracle Max, and he talks about the difference between being, you know, fully dead or partly dead. You know, (laughs) it's like, okay, either if you don't work on Sundays, you're either accommodated or you're not accommodated, but you can't be, you know, partly accommodated and still have to work some Sundays, and that's an accommodation. It just doesn't make any sense at all. I think you're right. And the Third Circuit agreed with you. And so that's wonderful. So uh, there is a circuit split on this issue. But one more circuit now is on the right side of the circuit split. Well, I think that actually I hadn't really thought of, of this in terms of why the court might take it. But, you know, we've got two really solid issues set up for the court. Now, three justices in a prior case involving a Seventh-day Adventist and Saturday Sabbath observance They didn't take that case, but the justices did say we're looking for the right case to take. We don't think that the TWA decision from way back when in the 70s makes sense because, you know, what they said was, well, undue hardship is just a minimus hardship. Well, as a matter of basic grammar, you know, they've been various judges and justices have observed that undue hardship obviously has to mean something more than hardship. Uh, That's right. And by my count, four justices, at least, on the Supreme Court have signaled their, um, at least the suggested that it might be time to revisit Hardison. And the first time the Coach Kennedy case came before the Supreme Court, um, First Liberty's Coach Kennedy case, four justices signed on to a statement saying, um, suggesting perhaps it's time to revisit Hardison. And so that was before Justice Barrett or the just or um, Justice Jackson joined the court. So it's very likely that this this 
is time to revisit Hardison. And you know, Walmart, the attorneys at Walmart might think that it's time to revisit Hardison because they just settled a case that was going to be seeking Supreme Court review on the Hardison question. So maybe they were worried that they might have to actually accommodate their religious employees. And that's at least Forbes thinks, an article in Forbes yesterday thinks that that's the reason why they might have settled that case. Well, I would welcome you sending me a link to that article. Um, Walmart, I can tell you from my experience, is one of the worst employers when it comes to not accommodating its workers. Uh, I will just say to our listeners, there is a price to be paid for all the cheap stuff that you can find at Walmart. And that price is paid by its workers and also by the companies and the workers who produce the stuff who are squeezed big time. But that's another topic. So um, I know the, the religious freedom community has been looking for a case to bring to the Supreme Court for a number of years. But let's put this in some context here, Stephanie. I have often said that the biggest religious liberty problem in America today is the number of Americans who are losing their jobs every day because they insist on faithfulness to their, their religious beliefs and practices. You know, and as much as there are other issues, you mentioned Coach Kennedy and, you know, the issue of uh, employees of different state or local institutions and their prayer, you know, their speech and religious rights. And, and there's so many other religious freedom issues that, uh, you know, that are often brought to the courts by organizations like First Liberty. Most of these accommodation cases never really see the light of day. They don't get a lot of attention, but there's just too many Americans who are losing their jobs because of their faith. Don't you agree? That is absolutely right. We are receiving inquiries virtually every day on this particular issue, and we're just one organization of many. And this is its absolutely seeing an increase in people who are being forced to choose between their livelihoods, their jobs, and their religious faith. And this is absolutely unacceptable. So we're hoping that this, uh, the Supreme Court and the other courts will really truly meaningfully interpret Title VII such that we can uh, protect employees of faith across America. You know, and it strikes me, too, that this, uh, you know, this is an indictment on kind of the, the level of spirituality within our country, because, you know, clearly corporate America, um, their God is the almighty dollar, and they put uh, numbers on a page ahead of valuing their workers. And if they really, I mean, I've written so many letters to employers in these cases, and I've often said to them, look, when you accommodate a worker, that person becomes that much more loyal and dedicated and productive. And, you know, turnover costs companies. When workers are unhappy and they leave, there's a cost in bringing new people up to speed. I don't think it makes good business sense to treat workers badly. That's a wonderful point. And so many employers these days don't even really pay any attention to religious discrimination. There was a study that just came out of the Forbes 500 and how many even included a mention of religion on their main diversity webpage. 
it was only 40%. So 60% don't even think that it's worth mentioning that you can't discriminate on the basis of religion. And if they don't think it's worth mentioning wow. on their diversity page, are they actually going to respect religious diversity? We're going to, it really doesn't bode well. Well, and, you know, maybe my experience is skewed because I get to take the testimony of human resources folks who have made mistakes and have done the wrong thing. But they're clueless. They're so clueless. I believe that so many people are unaware of their responsibilities under Title VII, of, under their requirements to have to protect people of faith from facing religious discrimination, to have to accommodate, re provide reasonable accommodations to to people of faith. And so we're, we're really, we're pushing for that. One of our recent cases, we are First Liberty is suing Alaska Airlines for discriminating against two flight attendants of faith and creating a hostile work environment toward these Christian flight attendants and ultimately pushing them out because they posted on an internal employee message board something that indicated their religious beliefs. And because of that, the company called them names and fired them right off the bat. And so this is um, we're seeing more and more of these uh, corporations feeling empowered to just root out anyone who doesn't agree with them on moral issues. And so this is an increasing problem in today's world. I have a couple of cases that, that are actually quite similar to that, um, where even trivial religious activity in the workplace, casual conversation gets somebody fired, which is just so bizarre. Really, you can talk about, you know, you can come in at the water cooler on Monday and talk about the football games the day before, but you talk about, you know, what the pastor said in church, assuming that you even remember it by Monday, <laughs> uh, you know, you get fired. It just, I don't know. Well, we've been talking with Stephanie Taub, Senior Counsel at First Liberty Institute about the case of Jason Groff against the United States Postal Service and uh, the prospects of making some, some headway in protecting folks' uh, rights to religious accommodation in the workplace. Stephanie, thanks for being with us on Freedom's Ring today. Thank you for having me on. As always, friends, this has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reinach. Until next week, let freedom ring.